Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us this week on the podcast. Jennifer Bartlett. Hi, guys. Robbie Croyle. Hello. Logan Daly. Man, we need to get a... You get a little variation, a little variation on the podcast, because it's that intro has not changed for mm. forever. Mm. You, you know, we used to have a little very, you know, Kyle Wonders might show up mm. every once in a while. Well, we'll have a guest next week. Oh, oh, will we now? We have one planned. Yeah, that's. Wait, I was I was setting you up to teaser that. Uh. <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to have our friend Anthony Brown. <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> on the podcast. I picked up what you were laying down. I'm like, dang, you're old. <laughs> How'd you forget already? We just I had <laughs> forgot. <laughs> oh, Did you really? That's beautiful. No. No, I hadn't forgot. That's why I was trying to set it up. That's oh. beautiful. <coughs> so good. So good. Uh, Yeah, we're going to have our friend Anthony Brown. He's a local musician and uh, heads up an organization uh, called MAMA, Montana Area Musician Association, I think it is. It's either Montana or Missoula, but I think it's Montana Area. Okay, there you go. Missoula Music Music Association. Cool. They're looking to support local artists. Oh, that's cool. And he'll be sharing uh, just some of his going-ons. All right, all right. Yeah. Nice. <coughs> That's exciting. Well, good. We'll have a, we'll have some variation. We'll shake it up. Absolutely. Oh That'll be great. That'll be great. Well, uh, as far as shortcomings go, I wasn't there. So uh, that's the only shortcoming that I know of was y'all were... Not blessed with my presence. However, I'm going to point out that the stars aligned, and thus far, there weren't any tech issues. Yeah. Like, normally I leave, and all hell breaks loose. And there are, there are anguished cries rising from Missoula, and I'm getting text messages or Slack messages, or I'm in the air and I can't get them. This is normally the occurrence. Yeah. And I was ready. And there was no weeping. Or I kept like I, I kept looking at my phone, thinking, "Do I not have? No, nothing. <laughs> any, nope. any second now, they're gonna need me." <laughs> All right, I guess things are going okay. We were ready 45 minutes before service, and I'm thinking, "Don't say nothing." that happens and i think what did i forget to do yeah it was weird that's fantastic you know that warms the cockles of my heart now i got there super early because uh someone had scheduled me to be there at 2 30 so they could set up their stuff early and they showed up i don't know 3 15 or something wait i text (laughs) i'm already there I'm already setting up. I'm like, I got text, but I'm here. Oops. So it was good. That's fantastic. Was good. You, like you couldn't control when when our buddy Kyle landed. Oh. Yeah. 
I did he, note a little bit right, earlier got in than early. that, so yeah. I could have texted you. But oh my, I was that's funny. I thought we had just decided show up at three and you'll get done what you get done and it'll be fine. And so I think I misheard you there. So there you go. Yeah. There's a shortcoming. That's all we got. That's all we got. <laughs> we're b- bottom of the dregs there. Well, Logan wasn't there last week, so we're going to make him preach this week. Uh, that might just be the shortcoming for both weeks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. I, I cannot be held accountable for what occurs this mm. weekend. We just don't know. Yeah. Things things could get things could get wild. It'll be good. It'll be exciting. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It'll be something. Man. It'll be something. There is so much in these parables. Yep. And we could just, we could go and go and go and go. Uh, someone said, hey, uh, you know, there's some people missing because they're on trips and sick and whatnot. You know, maybe we just listen to some music and, and uh, do, do a some worship, worship tunes and, and go and home. Just and call it an early day. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm going to preach longer and harder and wonder why the Holy Spirit wants you to hear this. And uh, and then I did. That's a solid <laughs> comeback. And then you then you dropped a fifty minuter. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think it might have been slightly less than fifty when I cut the podcast. I think it was fifty with communion. Yeah, I think it, it was like it was around forty nine. Yeah, because it was fifty five yeah. with announcements, communion, and sermon. You know, d- Rob. I wasn't bored listening to it. Good. So, you know, this is a slightly comatose state, but I wasn't bored. (laughs) I was asleep, but it's fine. (laughs) You know, my favorite part about a a 50-minute sermon is I get two naps. (laughs) With a 10-minute break, right? Yep. (laughs) I get two naps in a 50-minute sermon. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's dig into some footnoty goodness here. Let's uh <laughs> let's dive right in. Uh so we got two parables this week coming at you with a, a double a double header here. Yep. Uh so that was that was kind of fun. And uh we had fields and vineyards involved. Yeah. Now there's there's some there's some shenanigans going on with that, right? Yeah, so when you when you think about a father that has two sons from a patriarchal standpoint, you, you're gonna picture Isaac and Esau yep. and Jacob. Mm-hmm. And uh but but the fascinating thing is they're sent to a vineyard. Sent to a vineyard. Uh in Genesis, there's only one vineyard. Noah. Yep. Seven times uh, in the story of of Isaac, Esau, and Jacob, when they're on the scene together, seven times there's a conversation about about a field. Sure. And and then you move on to the ch- chapters outside of I, I think forty times uh, the word field is used in Genesis. So it's a big field is a much bigger conversation. More common. More well, common. Well, if you said. If you said two brothers in field, my mind would go to Cain and Abel first. Sure. Oh. 
yeah. Uh, you just say two brothers. I go to uh, Esau and and Jacob first. Yeah, probably that's that's the my first yeah inclination. If you just say two brothers, you say vineyard and two brothers. Then I'm just confused. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like wait, Noah? No, there was four. He had three sons. What? Yeah, so confused. Which, uh, and I think Jesus does that with his parables to make you slow down and to start wrestling with what else is he trying to communicate here? What? How do we add color to this conversation? That Isaiah 5 passage talking about the, uh, the vineyard, Jesus in another parable almost quotes this whole thing. Hmm. And uh, in several of his parables, he references this uh, over and over and over again. He he talks about this. Uh, it, one time in particular, like he is addressing the religious leadership and calling their leadership to account. Huh. Okay. And so, um, you know, Jesus is saying to the people that consider themselves part of the family of God, are you actually going to do the work? Mm -hmm. Are you going to create the kind of kingdom? Are you going to add to this kingdom? Or or are you just going to come and leech off of it? Mm. And I think that's really the point of of that particular conversation and and the reason for inviting the the parable conversation or the... uh, bringing in the the vineyard piece into this conversation. Um, And and again, you know, towards it, towards uh, when I see in my implications, you know, both in dealing with the two sons and the two slaves, Jesus doesn't address at all the, the, uh, the worship, the, what takes place in the synagogue, what takes place at the temple, what takes place, on Sundays, like how, and, and, and that's kind of like, we kind of epitomize, um, people that serve, like we celebrate, we elevate those servants that make Sunday happen. Sure. But Jesus doesn't address that at all in these two parables. He, he addresses the way we, uh, in, engage in community and, and how we change, um, the way our neighbors experience community and, People being fed, people, people's needs being dealt with. Um, I, I think about uh, racial equality and 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 those kinds of things, or or uh, how we treat women, mm. how we value the way women are treated. Those kinds of things. Um, yeah. hear, hearing the cries of distress. I even think in terms of of uh the unborn children and, and 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 abortion and 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 how we even have that conversation you know i think i think you can include that in this whole conversation hmm. of these two parables but yeah it's super fascinating that that he draws that out the the vi- the vineyard yeah yeah um it, 
now that you talk about Cain and Abel in, in the field, I mean, and you and you got, you know, Isaac and uh, or Esau and Jacob in the field, and and how how that conversation is just such a prevalent conversation in the book of Genesis. Um, it'd be interesting to see if Jesus uses that imagery in, in one of his other parables or, or if he ever, because that, that really makes you <coughs> wrestle, like, well, which which pair of brothers is he talking about? Or, sure. You know. Well, and there's relationship between those two stories. Right. Uh, if memory serves me. That there's um, uh, correlations, yep, and parallels that you can draw mm-hmm. um, between those that are kind of fun to go chase down if you're ever into that sort of thing. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, that would be. I, I'm off the top of my head. I don't. I'm not remembering any other parables that would be like, oh, fields, brothers, fields. You know, maybe. Um. Other than you know, maybe the the parable the the prodigal son with the elder brother working the field. Um, mm. that one, maybe. But uh, you got the wheat and the tares. Yeah. And you've got other field ones, but not none that are ringing the bell in my in my mind. Doesn't mean they aren't there. There's fifty some odd parables. Yeah. And I'm haven't had enough caffeine today. I mean, you forgot about Anthony next week, so yeah, I'm, I'm just old, so I forget things apparently. Oi, vey! Gosh, you even sound old now. I know. You gonna start telling us your old war stories? Now yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Back in absolutely. Nam. Yeah, I remember back in those days. I remember the days Pepperidge Farm remembers. Ah, <laughs> mm. uh, well, you know, let's let's connect these two stories with uh, with the word hypocrite. Yeah, so let's talk about that connection. So that's I'm, pretty fun. I'm reading through the parable like the first time, right? And I'm just kind of highlighting things and underlining things and looking for things that are out of place and uh, looking for problems. Yeah. Looking for problems. Like, why is that there in Matthew 24? We're talking about the, uh, the two slaves. Um, he's talking about the evil slave and he says, uh, the master of that slave of the evil slave will come on a day that he does not expect him an hour, which he does not know and will cut him in pieces, and we'll we'll talk about that more here in just a moment, and assign him a place with the hypocrites. Eh? <laughs> like, like uh, first of all, once you're cutting pieces, it really doesn't matter what what you do, where you assign them. Mm-hmm. It's only a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> Not dead yet. <laughs> you know, and so like. If you lost your leg, (laughs) (laughs) no, I haven't. Yes, you have. (laughs) No, I haven't. Come here, I'll bite you. They must have been thinking about this parable when they put that. That must. (laughs) (laughs) 
Nailed it. That must be it. There you go. Go and find the meaning of this. Oh, man. I mean, if you're going to, like, assign the person, you know, in the place with the hypocrites first and then cut them to pieces. Like, if you want to, you know, if you want to. like the better order. Maybe maybe the hypocrites are all in the graveyard. Oh. Oh, that could be. Okay, I said that flippantly, but that might actually be a thing. So I love it when I'm an idiot that's a genius. I'm a sarcastic fool and I get it right. Yeah. So this takes place, you know, this is recorded in Matthew 24, right? Yep. The the Olivet discourse, which just means the conversation on the Mount of Olives. But Matthew 23, Jesus presents the seven woes. Whoa. And he's addressing the scribes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And the Pharisees, the yep. the religious leaders, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and seven times he calls them hypocrites. Mm-hmm. In fact, hypocritas. I mean, Matthew records the word hypocrite fourteen times, Mark once, Luke three times. So, this was a big deal to Matthew. This is a big part of the conversation. Shows it, up. It, it shows up uh, five times, no, four times in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, um, and and just a handful of times. Um, So, at any rate, I believe that Jesus is connecting this story with the Matthew 21 story by using that term hypocrite because he used that to call out this, the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees. Mm. But he's having a private conversation in Matthew 24 with his disciples. And he's saying to his disciples, the, the 12... If you are not careful, you could be assigned, you could have the same fate as the people I've been calling out. Mm. It's the, uh, you know, you don't have any position or power today. What are you going to do when you do have position, when you do have power, when when you get to control the way the uh, religious activity takes place? Are you going to fall into the same kinds of things that the religious leaders have fallen into mm-hmm. previous to you? They didn't have power. Once they gained power, they went down this road of being a hypocrite where, where looking like they were living this out well um, became the thing. Mm-hmm. Instead of actually, like, it's to me, I want, <clears throat> I'm more concerned about being good than looking good mm. to other people. Mm-hmm. I could spend my energy on looking good, covering my tracks, making sure that, you know, people see a certain face mm-hmm. from me. Or I could spend my energy on 
addressing my issues, growing, becoming more healthy, mm-hmm. uh, repenting when I need to repent. I, I, I only have energy, so much energy, I could spend it on one or the other. Right. And then this thought occurred to me, and, and I don't know what to do with this. This is kind of an unformed thought, but some of the disciples, we don't know a whole lot once Acts 2 takes place. Yeah, they kind of just drop off the radar. And so I'm curious, uh, I'd have to ask someone that's got more connection with the like the ancient fathers and, and a little more uh, versed in what the... Uh, church tradition says. Yeah, what sure. church tradition says about each of the disciples, but some of them just, you know, their name appears and they were selected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what did they do? Right. Is it that they they live such a short short life that there's just not much to capture there? I don't know, but you know, did some of them walk away? From the faith, or walk away from, or or just head down a path that, that I just, hmm. just, it's a curious question for me. <laughs> I feel like, and I don't remember where I learned this or heard this, but all of the disciples died as martyrs, and I don't remember where I heard that, but it was used in the context of like, if these men like who lived with Jesus, like were willing to die for him, like, and like it must show that there's some level of like truth to what he's saying. I think it's all but John. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't remember where I heard that or where I learned that. And so maybe I should have just, Shut up. <laughs> no, I, I, I. That rings accurate in my mind mm-hmm. of at least hearing people say that. Because um, was it Peter that was crucified upside Peter down? Peter was crucified upside down. Yeah. Um, a couple of the other ones were beheaded. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, there, was, there was plenty of that. So Christianity.com says basically that same thing, that they um, that their stories, some more reliable than others. Sure. But they seem to all be martyred at some point, uh, other than John. He was thought to have died a natural death. From old age. So, at any rate, um, Jesus gives them a warning, though. He's, he's giving his own disciples this warning. And then, and that's why I, when I got into the implication phase of the conversation on Sunday, going, okay, so in what ways am I being a hypocrite? Mm-hmm. In what ways is that my tendency? 
in what ways is it my tendency to dominate versus <coughs> to serve? Um, I think in terms of like the, you know, sometimes we want to dominate conversations on social media. Mm-hmm. We want to dominate people. We want to demand people act a certain way or. Yeah. Is, if I remember correctly here, I could be wrong, but the hypocrite, the term, like that's just their word for actor, correct? Yeah, so it, it was literally they would uh, wear, they'd hold a mask mm-hmm. and the mask was in front and that was the hypocrite. The mm-hmm. was the mask. Uh, or was the person... Was the actor... Was the actor holding the mask. Holding the mask. The mask was the how you knew they were a hypocrite. Okay, okay. So... It changed their face. Yeah. And that the word has a slightly different, like it it has a negative connotation, Mm -hmm. um, probably because of how Jesus uses it. Sure. And then over two thousand years of the church and English, and you know where we're getting a lot of our words from, it it we at least have you know when you call somebody a hypocrite, that's normally a negative thing. Right. Um. Yep. Like, <clears throat> we we think of it in that sense. It, but in that original usage, it's not. I don't know, it's not necessarily like unto itself. Being an actor is not wrong. But the profession of yeah, yeah, being a yeah, yeah the, a, being an actor, a the profession, it's, it that like that's not. Unto itself, it's just uh, the the like when he's when Jesus is calling out the Pharisees, it's not that he's. It seems to me, I could be wrong here, but it seems to me like he's calling out the fact that what they're doing is all for show. They're just putting on an act. Not that they're. Not necessarily. We think of it as saying one thing and doing like the opposite, or right. Like when when I you know I think of being called a hypocrite, it's the you say one thing and do right, almost the reverse, right. But it's just a, um, but it doesn't have to be that. Um, could be that I guess, but it, it's the it's this your I'm putting up a your actions are are there to be seen. Yeah. You <clears throat> even if you're even if you're not doing the opposite of, you know, like oh, but it, it's just this it's you're putting up a uh, a projection and you're doing the pro- you know, you're you're doing these things, you're acting out this manner whatever purely for the um, benefit of the viewer, yeah. Not mm-hmm. because you actually are, yeah. In any yeah. manner, like I, where Jesus talks about praying and going to your sure. closet, mm-hmm. sure. Versus being seen, you know, and uh, you know, like do we do we say we're praying on Facebook to? come across as empathetic or religious or or whatever or Thoughts are we and prayers 
or are we actually when we say that are we actually praying mm-hmm. right are we praying to be seen by God as going Lord I have concern for this person or are we praying to be seen by the community saying that we're praying to be seen by the community in a certain light sure mm-hmm. I, I I think also about this word hypocrite again there's there's no Hebrew equivalent they they didn't use this word in the Septuagint hmm. which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament and so I imagine Jesus was speaking Hebrew to his disciples and then using the word hypocrite drops in this Greek word right in the middle of it yeah and hmm. so this hmm. is this is a this is a borrowed word we have those yeah. we have a lot of them English is like <laughs> mostly <laughs> notorious. Especially American it. English is probably the mud, oh, the, yeah. the, the mud of languages, right? Yeah, um, love it. So melting pot. It's very diverse. So, <clears throat> so he 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 borrows this term, and, and in a sense, he's he, he's maybe even calling out uh, how much. Uh, influence Rome has had on mm. their church culture, or not religious culture, the the Jewish culture sure. um, of that time. Like, how much have you let Rome's values infiltrate mm-hmm. your worship? Mm. I think there's some of that going on too. I'm trying to think of a word that we could call someone in the English, you know, or in modern day, where we borrow a term that would just look kind of like do the same thing. And I'm not thinking of a good example. Yeah, I'm right drawing a the blank top. there. I, you know, we use uh, a Benedict, Benedict Arnold. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. We we use that, you know, like it's a guy's name, mm-hmm. sure, but we call out people by using a name. A turncoat, yeah, yeah, turncoat, yep. Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah. A saboteur. So so, <laughs> I, yeah, and I and I wrestled with uh, when I was. Prepping, you know, a kamikaze, you know. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I wrestled with: Do I really present these two stories together? Is it does it does it make sense? Sure. Uh, because there's a whole series of of parables in Matthew 24 that um, all go together, work together. To to create a more complete picture mm-hmm. of what Jesus is trying to communicate to his disciples, but I really felt like no these these stories do that they're connected, and um, and then and then started wrestling with the whole piece on the hypocrite and going okay, all right, there you go. Let's uh. Let's 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 circle back. Let's circle back to uh, 
our Judges 19 story here. Cut to pieces. Oh, my gosh. Wow. This Let's is, just tear it up. This is quite the story. Uh, I'm not going to read it because it's... It's pretty long. Yeah, it's pretty long. Pretty long. Um, but if you were to cut it up and give me the important bits... <laughs> I'll let you. Um, no matter way, what way you slice it, that was not good. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, you could cut up 12 different ways, and I still didn't like it. There you go. But uh, I'll let you tell the story, because I think you're good. You're good at Well, you're good at slicing and dicing. Yeah. Now i got to remember the story. It's been a week since I read the story. Uh, all right. Give me, get me started because I'm gonna remember it once I get one. Get, get me started here, and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll remember it maybe. All right. We'll so th- this is in the book of Judges. So there's no king. Yep. No king. In, no king in Judges. And uh, this guy's concubine. He plays the harlot against him, and she went away. What's the? It's a it's a Levite, right? Yes. We have a Levite. We have a Levite, so he's a tribe of priests, and he's married to a concubine. If I remember, I mean, this is like uh, this is like in care group when you have somebody on the spot, and you're like, "Hey, why don't you tell the story?" You're like, <laughs> "You could it's fine. It's do you, fine. Do you have your phone? You can no. Open it's it. downstairs, plugged in. Do you need? No. I'll just go. All right, fine. Here we go. Oh, old school and grab analog. The you know, it's it's just fine. Now I gotta find judge. There's judges. And now I gotta remember how to count to nineteen. No, that's Samuel. Flip too far. It's fine. So we got a Levite. He's married to a concubine, which was the first thing that I thought was kind of odd when I read this story. I was like, wait a second. Why does a Levite have a concubine? Concubine's an odd term. Like it's not like a wife. Right. Your concubines. When when you say concubine, you think king, right? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think I think of anything other than king when I think concubine. Right. Or, like, leader, whatever. But we have a, a, a Levite with a with a concubine, which is, I don't, I don't know. Um, all right. Remote country, Ephraim, concubine from Bethlehem in Judah. But she's unfaithful. She's not, not, not a faithful concubine. Hmm. I feel like there's jokes to be made. I'm going to pass over them. She left him and went back to her parents' home in Bethlehem, Judah, uh, in Judah. After she had been there for four months, her husband, the Levite, went to her to persuade her to return. Um, there's a couple of donkeys involved, so that's that's fun. Um, Democrats. I went a different direction there, but okay. I think it still works. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. Just good. Just good. Now he had dealt. with him his servant and two donkeys. Uh, I dealt with the oh, elephant in the room. I just. Oh, wow. Cut it out. <laughs> Slice that out. Uh, she took him into her parents' home, and her father. Uh, so the concubine's father sees the, the Levite. Uh, he gladly welcomed him. Okay. Um, father-in-law, the woman's father, prevailed on him to stay, so he remained with him three days, eating and drinking and sleeping there. Okay, so they're hosting this guy for three days. Um, gets up early on the fourth day, ready to leave. 
woman's father said to the son-in-law, refresh yourself with something to eat. Then you can go like, no, 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 don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. So they sit down and they eat and drink together again. Uh, the father afterward, the father said, please stay tonight and enjoy yourself. Still don't leave. It's the Hotel California. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In Bethlehem. That's, that's what we got here. Um, on the fifth day, so he stayed there the night. On the fifth day, he rose to go. The father does the same. Wait till afternoon. So the two of them meet together. Uh, this Levite's kind of a pushover. I, apparently. Um, and when the man, or, the, or this dad, this father in Until he's not. Yeah. Yeah, this Until father-in-law is just really, really persuasive. Um, the classic? Oh, never mind. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe he's a really good cook. Um, so he got up to leave. His father-in-law, the woman's father, said, Now look, it's almost evening. Like, you stayed till after. It's almost evening. Stay another night. <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, man. But unwilling to stay another night, the man left and went toward Jebus, that is Jerusalem. I've never heard it called Jebus before. Like J-E-B-U-S. Yeah, no. Jebus. I don't know. Uh, with his two saddled donkeys and his concubine. Now, remember, he showed up with a servant and two donkeys. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that, like, now he's leaving with the concubine and two donkeys. I don't know what's going on there. I suspect a chiasm because you got these two donkeys mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, when they got near Jebus and the day was almost gone, the servant said to the master, come, let's stop in the city of the Jebusites and spend the night. Uh, so the servant's back again. Guess who's back? But, you know, but they, when they met, when they listed it, it, it's just very odd to me. Yep. Uh, there's something going on there. I don't know what it is, but there's something. A master replied, no, we won't go into any city whose people are not Israelites. We will go on to Gibeah. So they go to Gibeah, Ramah, uh, spend the night in one of those places. Um, so they're going to family. Yeah, they're going to family. They're going to people that they know Israelites, not the mm-hmm. Jebusites. Apparently Jebusites are bad. Um, that evening, an old man from the hill country of Ephraim, who was living in Gibeah, the inhabitants of the place were Benjamites, came in, to work, uh, came up in from his work in the fields. When he looked and saw the travel in the city square, the old man said, where are you going? Where did you come from? Where <laughs> did you go? Where you're caught in Nigel, uh, et cetera. Uh, so he tells them where they're going. You're welcome at my house. The old man said, let me supply with you whatever you need. You don't need only don't spend the night in the square. Which is a callback. It's a callback to Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. So he took him into his house and fed his donkeys. After they washed their feet, they had something to eat, blah, blah, blah. While they're enjoying themselves, some of the wicked men in the city surrounded the house, pounding on the door. They shouted to the old man. Now, they're they're supposed to be staying with in the friendly city Mm -hmm. here. This is family. This is family. Right. This is the place they should be. Like, they didn't want to stay with the Jebusites because that would be bad. No, we're going to Gibeah or Ramalan or whatever. Uh, These are people that should be sharing the family values. Should be. But there's apparently wicked men in the city surrounded the house, pounding on the door. They shouted the old man who owned the house. Bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him. If this is not sending off every Sodom and Gomorrah Mm -hmm. memory in your brain... Yep. You go back and read your Bible again. 
The owner of the house went outside and said to them, no, my friends, don't be so vile since this man is my guest. Don't do this outrageous thing. Look, here's my virgin daughter and his concubine. I will bring them out to you now and you can use them and do to them whatever you wish. But as for this man, do not do, uh, don't do such an outrageous thing, which once again, more Sodom and Gomorrah Mm -hmm. parallels. When the men would not listen to him, so the man took his concubine and sent her outside to them, and they raped her and abused her throughout the night. This is not a pleasant story. Uh, and dawn, they let her go. At daybreak, the woman went back to the house where the master was staying. She fell down on the floor, floor fell down at the door, and lay there until daylight. When the master got up in the morning and opened the door of the house, he stopped out to continue on his way. There lay his concubine, fallen in the doorway of the house, with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, get up, let's go. But there was no answer. <laughs> Which, like, this story. All right, get up, let's go. What? Yeah. There's no compassion there. What? What is good? This is the Levite. Remember, this is the Levite. Right. Like, what is, there's all sorts of things wrong in this story. Uh, when he reached home, uh, the man put her on his up on his donkey and set out for home. When he reached home, he took a knife and cut up his concubine limb by limb into 12 parts. So he takes the body, cuts it up into 12 parts, and sent them all into the areas of Israel. So each tribe, each area. Everyone who saw it was saying to one another, such a thing has never been seen or done, not since the day of the Israelites came up to Egypt. Just imagine, we must do something, so speak up. And then they... uh, the Israelites punish the Benjamites. They end up going to war. There's a huge, in chapter 20, like, there's this huge battle, which you just, it's dope. It's super cool reading about it. Like, there's all sorts of, all sorts of people involved in this. But that's the, uh, when you when you go look up uh, this, so we're like, we're looking for Ramezes. We're like, what, what do I look up? Well, cut cut into 12 pieces like cut into pieces cut into pieces what where where's G- that doesn't you know that doesn't sound like your jesus that you normally know right mm-hmm. what is going on there it's this reference back to it's like oh and he doesn't cut her up to kill her he just cuts her up to send her body to all of the places and be like see what happened i she's, don't understand how she's that already works dead. he is sending a message yeah. like but also, like th- this story, there, there's, there's lot, there's, there has to be a ton going on in this. Your desires are out of control. He talks about the the drunkard and mm-hmm. like this is the evil slave. Yeah. Right. And and again, this is this is a person who chose the master. It wasn't they weren't forced into this relationship? They chose the master. They mm-hmm. said yes to the master. Uh, beat his fellow slaves and eat and drink with the drunkards. Uh, we'll cut him in pieces. And uh, and this is, you know, back calling back to this judge's story. I think that, you know, the people are acting like animals. Animals are acting like their neighbors. They're mm-hmm. acting like the ungodly. Yep. The di- desires are out of control. Yeah. Yeah. And if, as followers of Christ, if that's our life, then our worship is an act. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or showing up for Sunday and, you know, living like everybody else, 
living out, uh, ignoring the kingdom values, except for on that hour, hour and a half, you know, depending on how long Robert preaches, you know, Sunday. <laughs> Is it a two-nap Sunday? One-nap Sunday. You know, depending on, like, if if you're showing up just, you know, that national average of 1.6 times a month, mm-hmm. showing mm-hmm. up to church, I got to ask the question, is your worship an act? Hmm. Sure. What does the rest of your life look like? Can anybody tell? Are your desires out of control? Right. You know, one of the stories that I thought about sharing, and, and I did know I was going long, so I didn't share, but I I spent 20 years in the same squadron in the Air National Guard. So they were like family. And I knew these people, you know, many of them for at least five years, served in the same squadron with them for at least five years, you know, it's about, you know, people that came and went. And, and so a, a lot of time praying for people, trying to be a witness, trying to, you know, help them connect to who God is, those kinds of things. And, and I would have these planned conversations, you know, with people and I would just, you know, like anticipate, I'm going to say this, that, and the other thing and, you know, see what God does with that, you know, but this is what this person needs to hear, you know, those kinds of things. I had people come to me and go, remember when you said this? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> They're like, that was so impactful. And, and it was just me living out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Living out my values. I It was the unplanned conversations that seemed to impact people <clears throat> more. Mm-hmm. Or remember when you did this? Uh, I was a I was a security manager, which meant I was responsible for teaching people how to safely handle classified material. But I was also, from a f- full time standpoint, I was the guy that handled the classified material more often than anybody else. Uh, if someone didn't follow a certain security practice, we would. Um, call that a security incident, and we'd have to write up a report. I'd have to go to the commander, write up a report. Sometimes it went to, depending on the situation, they'd have to go up several, you know, echelons. Yeah, up the chain, um, at least to the wing level. Um, I, I wrote up more, I wrote up myself, uh, more than more than uh, all the other people that wrote up, hmm. I wrote myself. Hmm. I was the guy that handled it all the time. I I was our greatest risk because <laughs> I was the guy that was involved with sure. it. Sure, right. But people were like impressed. They were like, "Why would you tell the commander that you screwed up?" Mm-hmm. I'm going. It's who I am. Right. I I'm a servant. 
in the way I serve and connecting this story back to Joseph, the way I serve has implications in, in the way I serve, the way I work my job, the way I live that out has as much to do with how people come to Christ or why they come to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to uh, one of the chiefs that uh, came to Christ after he retired. And uh, I went to tell him one day that I um, I was really, f- after after I retired, I retired after, well, I retired before him because I was retired medically. And my own self-assessment was, I don't feel like I lived out those 20 years very well. But two two of my chiefs came to know Christ after they retired, and we were still friends, still mm. connected. And I went to say to one of them, I'm like, man, when I think about my witness, when when uh, when I was in the guard, he goes, it was amazing. He Like, he cut me off. <laughs> He didn't let me finish my sentence. Hmm. And we're on the phone. I don't think he knew. Like, he couldn't see my face. He couldn't tell that I was, like, down on myself. And he was like, it was amazing. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh. Hmm. It, we, don't, we don't realize how simple faithfulness mm-hmm. matters. Now, what was true about my self-assessment was I started using... Rome's tools. I started caring about my promotion. I started caring about valuing. I there were certain things. There were certain th- conversations that came up, and my commander wanted to handle the situation one way. I thought we should have handled it another way, based off of just my core values as a as a Christian. But I deferred to their opinion like it was my own mm-hmm. and and that was true and I regret those things but I didn't realize how much of an impact I was actually making and I think that's part of the conversation about this uh, wise servant the the good servant sure mm-hmm. is just simple faithful and that like we we read this and we're going oh i'm supposed to be faithful to jesus yeah not just jesus mm-hmm. to hmm. to 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 your boss be faithful to your boss be faithful to your wife be faithful to your your church be faithful to your community serve people serve people even when it's hard serve people even when it's uncomfortable Or be cut to pieces. Or be cut to pieces. And start a big war. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Seriously, go read the story. So good. It's wild. Yeah. Sometimes the Bible is just crazy. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two chapters, dope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the movie. I was oh. like, when are they going to make that a movie? Yeah, that's... The whole bu- book of Judges, in some ways, could would be a. It would be rated R plus. Jeez, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot of artful cuts required. Right, because isn't Judges where like the guy is so the king is so large that when he 
gets stabbed, it goes like into his stomach. Like, I think that's in Judges. I don't remember that one. Yeah. Somebody goes to kill a, the king and he's such a large man that it, it stabs all the way through and the knife just sucks into his body. Oh. I don't remember that. I need to go back and read this again. <laughs> I feel like I should remember that. I think you're I think you're right. I'm trying to remember where else that could be. It's Ehud and that is in Judges three. Yep. For your reading consideration. And the fat closed over the blade, for he did not draw the sword out of his belly. Right, because Ehud was left-handed and... Yeah. I'm remembering the story better now. I I don't remember this at all. That's fantastic. (laughs) They checked checked his left thigh for a sword, not his right thigh. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why they pat you down on both sides now. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> 4,000 years later. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we didn't check that side. Huh. <laughs> well, wasn't it uh, Willem Wallace that had the uh, sword on his back? Like he, he comes in with his hands on top of his head, but he's got the sword. Oh, yeah. That, Braveheart. Yeah, in Braveheart. Yeah. 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 He's got to check the sword. He's got to check the back, too. Do a full search. In case you missed the broadsword. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. To be fair, he did that in Die Hard also. Uh you know, with the 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 duct taped pistol behind the head. Yeah, that was. That's right. Clever boy, <laughs> clever boy. I'd be like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it won't come off. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> there you go. It's only All a flesh right. wound. It's only a flesh wound. <laughs> Jeez. <sighs> you can't fight. Yes, I can. <laughs> I need to go watch that movie again. All right. Well, this has been entirely, entirely enough shenanigans on the Footnotes podcast today. So uh, next week we'll be back at it again with more parable. Two bowls. Yeah. Parables. Another double feature next week. Yeah. Yeah. Be fantastic. Mm, We should change the graphic. Parables, parables. Double vision parables. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Just take your glasses off. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye, Peace. Guys. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.